Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Steve Buchanan, Julian Edlow, fresh off our trip out to Weehawken, New Jersey for the Sports Betting National Championship. Julian was there for, for the long haul. Julian was there for like uh, 10 days. It might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'm sure it felt Four. like 10 days. Four. Okay. A uh, lot of flight delays uh, ha- was uh, had by all. It was a, you know, we don't live too far from New Jersey, but it took a long time to get to New Jersey. Uh, just like when all of us were in Philly. It took a long time to get home from Philly, even though we're very close. But we we powered through. We got through it, and now we're on to week 10 of the NFL. And we're going to talk about it here on the podcast. But first, we're going to wrap up what was another amazing week for the sports book. And we don't like those weeks. We're tired of those weeks. Two weeks in a row now. The sports book cleaned up on some very public favorites. And that, that makes us angry. We, we don't want to come on the show with that type of news. But I unfortunately have to give that news that it happened. The Buffalo Bills, how many teasers, how many parlays, how many lives did they ruin last week with the Jaguars doing the upset of, honestly, maybe the century. Maybe the upset of the century. Biggest NFL upset in a, in a while. Long time. Bad. Really bad. And I, I'm just going to say it, too. This is the second week in a row, Julian, that the Bills have looked very beatable against very poor teams. I mean, they barely squeaked by the Dolphins two weeks ago when they were a double-digit favorites. They, well, they, 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 I mean, it's misleading. They didn't look great. They wound up covering the double-digit number, um, but they didn't look great. And then they lose to the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And now this week, they are double-digit favorites once again going up against the Jets. Minus 13 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll get into that a little bit more. All right. So, yeah, we'll shit. get to that later. We'll get, we can even get to cash it and trash it a little bit um, later, which I don't think either of us, thankfully, are, are trashing any Bills tickets. However, there were no upsets of more than a touchdown in the spreads of more than a touchdown. No, no dog of more than a touchdown had won this NFL season. Now we get back to back weeks of Jets over Bengals and Jags over Bills. Um, but really quick, just to touch on the event, obviously we covered most of the sports betting national championship, um, which was great. Uh, did a lot of work with our friends at VEASAN, got to even meet some of our, our co-workers face-to-face that we had never physically yeah. met outside of Zoom calls. Um, DraftKings did a good job. Um, a lot of open bar, a lot of open buffet. Those are all good things that we like. Um, but the winner of the event, got to $169,000 in his bankroll to win his million dollars. And how he did it was a um, rather impressive parlay. Yeah. Gutting out some massive Gross. underdogs. <laughs> Jaguars plus 14 and a half yep. parlay leg. Coward should have taken him out right. Um, under 49 in that game. Mm. Six to nine final. And then 
Denver Broncos plus six and a half first half. They went up 30 to nothing in that game. Talk about an un, taking some uncomfortable legs and literally no, you want to talk about you generally have to sweat to win a million dollars. There was no yeah. point in time where any of that was in question. Um, and you take down, you know, one point one seven million dollars or so in that. So uh congrats to the winner who definitely benefited from some of those those dogs that the sports book was otherwise benefiting from. I was thinking about that too. Do you think he correlated that if the Jags are going to cover that this was going to be a low scoring game? Like I feel like Had that might have been some correlation there. Yeah. Generally when you take you know two touchdowns you're leaning under. Yeah. I would say. Um so you know a really gross looking parlay before the one o'clock lock. But he was sitting mighty fine after that. And like you said, no sweat on that. You know, that's hard to catch up to on, on, on a thing like that. But, you know, and, and it just goes back to some of the strategy. Taking some of those long shots. You even mentioned it too. Taking some of these, you know, weird parlays, if you want to say. You know what I mean? To try to get up the leaderboard. Because if you hit that like he did, mm-hmm. it, was, it was game over. That was it. That's really all it was. And now anybody else after that was going to have to do something drastic well, to catch up. There were a couple of opportunities for betters to catch up. A user had Spencer Dinwiddie gone over 16 and a half points, would have gotten to 180,000. He would have won. He was actually at the event. So I watched some of that Wizards <laughs> Wizards Bucks game with him. But Dinwiddie had three points going into the fourth quarter. It was kind of yeah. a little bit of a letdown. Um, and But the real one was, and this better looking back, it's easy to say in hindsight, but should have split up into maybe a couple of different parlays. Used his bankroll on one big parlay that came down to Chris Duarte, the Pacers rookie, yeah, to, re- to record a block at plus 450. Had wow. that happened, he would have gotten $450,000 in his bankroll and won by nearly 300K wow. and netted almost $1.5 million from the event. Chris Duarte had one career block in 10 games entering the game. Didn't have a block in that game, (laughs) but that would have been a massive win. Um, And looking back at the number needed to win 170 wins, you don't need to get to 450. Maybe you make two or three parlors with different props in there. And one of the others would have hit, but um, that was an interesting strategy and an interesting sweat. Let's get to uh, cash it or trash. And just real quick too. um, I, I cannot stress enough that I would recommend trying to get to some of these events that DraftKings holds, yeah. they don't, they do it, you know, better than, uh, than anyone. And I'm not even just biased by saying that, like you and I even were talking off air that like, we were generally really impressed with how the sports betting national championship shook out. Um, just the whole venue, uh, the whole setup, everything that they offered is uh, really impressive too. And I, I would say that with or without DraftKings affiliation. So I, I truly uh, uh, believe that as well. Let's get the cash it or trash it. Uh, I think we're both going to have one on each side for this. This one here, I'll start with the cash it, uh, the teaser that, you know, you were kind of giving me crap about. I just was so down on the 49ers had uh, the Cardinals at plus eight, teased them up to plus eight with the Ravens, uh, just getting them to win. Um, so we cash that one there. Ravens continue to look good. Uh, Cardinals uh, just absolutely dominated, even with Colt McCoy, even without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, like I said, I, I just have nothing good to say about this 49ers team. I continue to be down on them. Even without Kyler Murray, uh, plus eight was just, uh, was, a, was uh, more than enough as they won that game outright. Yeah, I was, I, like my Sunday, you know, everybody was generally getting mopped on Sunday and I somehow was like skating through this. Yeah. Untouched the whole way. 
cashed Patriots minus three that no sweat. Um, very much sweated out a late play on Packers plus seven that got there. Um, and then, you know, I had, I had the, the Ravens as one of my teaser legs sweated out, got there. Some of it was with Miami. So I cashed some on Miami, which I think was a huge overreaction that line going down to four. I was in at the bad value. I bet it early in the week, but it didn't matter. Um, so I was cashing everything in the afternoon. However, all of this hinged on the Rams, a Baltimore LA teaser, a Baltimore Miami LA teaser, um, just needed the Rams to win that one and not even close. Stafford gave the game away. So I mean, we'll go from cash to trash. I cashed a lot in the afternoon window and then the Rams just kind of trashed a big chunk of that. Not only that, but I think it's fair to say that uh, aside from the Ravens, the Rams were probably the most popular teaser leg, getting them down to minus one against the uh, the Titans, who um, you know were able to beat the the uh, Houston Texans two weeks ago. But the Texans made some noise against that team in the fourth quarter. They put up twenty two points against that team uh, in the fourth quarter. So, you know, it's you felt like this was going to be a team that was going to be able to cover. And just gave it away. Like you said, just absolutely gave it away. And it was probably personally my, aside from the Bengals, that was probably the most frustrating loss I've had this season, because I think this was going to be a Rams team that with no Derrick Henry was just going to roll and roll easily. Um, So for me, I think that might've been the most frustrating loss that I've endured so far this season. Yeah, uh, the Rams. The Rams got me pretty good. Um, all right, did we even? How did we even intro this podcast? I don't even remember. There's. I said. I said. I said. I said hello, and then I introduced ourselves. All right. Well, we're calling unreasonable odds. Um, you can find us on Twitter at unreasonable odd. Hopefully, those of you that uh, entered the free bet competition last weekend, ten fifty dollars free bets are happy. Those are things we hmm. should mention off the top. Show us your winners. We had some big winners last week um, or two weeks ago when we gave out free bets. We would love to see those on Twitter. Um, And before we look at the week 10 board, I will say, as we record this on Tuesday, November 9th, college basketball tips off tonight, which if you know me, you know, I love college basketball. So because we're a little off schedule, we're not recording Monday. We were traveling home from the event. Um, we're doing a quick Tuesday episode for you. Uh, we had Johnny in person slamming down wads of cash on the desk um, in New Jersey. We don't have him this week. We'll, we'll be back to Johnny for odds are next week. Um, so after Steve and I do week 10, um, Steve's going to take off and do more important things. And I'm going to talk college basketball with Nick Greeley from Spread Investor. You can find him on Twitter at Turnstone Capper. Go over some Tuesday night stuff, the big champion uh, champions classic at MSG got Kansas and Michigan state and Kentucky and Duke. Some good ones to start. Um, Look at some college basketball futures, things of that nature. Um, So we will be more than a football podcast today, an NFL podcast today. We will be getting into a little bit of college basketball um, after me and Steve go over this week, 10 board. Let's take a look at that week, 10 board too, as well. Starting off with um, by the way, very good teaser week this week. Finally. We're back. Is it? Yeah. Where? Where? Really? You don't think so? Oh, the first leg starts right in, on Thursday night with the Ravens against the, Dol- the Dolphins. Sure. The Ravens down a one and a half against the Dolphins. Come on. Okay, great. 
You need two legs. Yeah, I know. Now, there's a couple numbers that it would be great if they got down half a point, but Buccaneers at minus nine is one. Is that nine now? Uh, it's it's jumping back and forth between nine and nine and a half. Yeah, so, I see nine and a half. I need that to eight and a half, but yeah. Uh, so there's that one. And then uh, Cowboys against the Falcons. That, they're not going to repeat that performance from last week against the Falcons. Not a chance. Probably not. And then there's another one, too. I don't mind taking Cardinals at nine and a half, bringing it down to three and a half against the Panthers with Kyla Murray back. There's some, there's some good legs there this week. I don't think you're just paying. I think you're still half asleep. I don't think you're paying attention to the board. The numbers are too big. There's The favorites are too big. Baltimore's in there, but nine and a half. The, be- the beauty one. of it is you 13, don't have to do it today. 13 Buffalo. I guess I can't count eight and a half there. Ten on the Colts. Um, nine on the Steelers. Nine and a half on the Cardinals. Massive favorites again. Like I'll say this. The thing that most intrigues me and the way things are going in the NFL, like, if you want to fall into something of some of these teasers and these big point spreads, like I think we're at the stage of the season where we need to focus on betting good teams against bad teams. Yeah. If you want to say something that fell apart the last couple of weeks is now we're looking at the Bengals, like maybe they aren't that good. So maybe we didn't bet that good of a team against the Jets. Can I just you talk to you for at, one second? Huh? Let me stop you for one second. Go ahead. Who right now is good? Nobody. Right. Nobody. Everybody right. sucks. Exactly. <laughs> but so so I'm just going matchup based. Oh, well, I was thinking about- more AFC, but I don't. Okay. So I was thinking more AFC, like nobody's good. Is Tennessee now the best team in the AFC? Like maybe. Um, so then, so, okay. So we bet a bad team to beat a bad team and it didn't happen for Cincinnati, the Jets. We were so confident in the Rams, but we were betting a good team to beat a good team. Um, and Tennessee was better that night. So I want to focus on good teams beating bad teams. So what that does for me is, and maybe I'll eliminate the points because they're so much favorite. I might do a three leg, like rather than a teaser on favorites, I would do a three leg money line parlay this week. I haven't bet it. I'm not telling you to bet it. This is just my early lean. So like I'm putting it on my screen right now. I want to see if I'm right. Okay. So it's Baltimore on Thursday night. Yep. You got to get one in there for that juice. That's a good team beating a bad team. Yep. Tampa off a loss, off a bye to beat Washington. That's yep. a good team to beat a bad team. I got two. Arizona to beat Carolina. Got it. A good team Nailed to beat a bad it. team. But you can see that now. Like, I don't think the Lions are going to beat the Steelers, but the Steelers are a fake five and three or six and three or whatever they totally. are. Totally. Um. I mean, I get, Indy's not a good team. I don't like not good enough, so I can't bet them against Jacksonville. Atlanta's four and four and in the playoff picture, so like who knows? Bills, Jets, you can throw in there, but I don't want any part of like minus seven twenty thirteen point favorites. The the Bills should bounce back by steamrolling the Jets. One would think that's how this is supposed to work. But yeah. if you and again, I'm not betting it, but like rather than a teaser this week, if I get into kind of a, a favorite's best bet rather than teasing two seven-pointers down to, to win, Baltimore, Tampa, Arizona is probably the three legs that I'm I'm looking at there. Um, 
and you get a decent little sweat out of it by getting Thursday night and then Sunday early window, Sunday late window. Yep. Nailed that parlay. I'm proud of myself. Minus one. Good job. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's a good exercise, but yes, the way that I phrased it, find the good teams against the bad teams rather than betting bad against bad, good against good. So real quick, this is why I, I like the the Cowboys. This is one that, that jumped out at me immediately. Mm-hmm. The Falcons continue to beat sub 500 teams. That's all they've been facing lately. Washington. Except, I mean, the Saint, the Saints is a real win. Is it with, with, with Trevor Simeon? No. Yes, maybe. No, it's not. <laughs> but so my point was going to be they have beaten now, or, or excuse me, they have faced as of late Washington, which was a loss, and then Jets, Dolphins. They closely lost to the Panthers. They beat the Saints. Like yep. they're playing bad teams. Okay. Now it's Cowboys and then look ahead Patriots, Jaguars, whatever. Buccaneers, like there it goes. So the playoff picture, being in the playoff picture is happening, but is going to end quickly over the next month or so because they have a really tough schedule the next month or so. So I will happily take the Cowboys who are a much better team. And there's nobody that can discredit that against uh, uh, going up against the Falcons without Calvin Ridley. Now um, I will take the Cowboys. That is, that is going to be my second leg Mm -hmm. on that one. I, I have no problem doing that. Three other spots. And again, no plays, no plays here. Um, Oh, four, four other really like shorter point spreads that I'm looking at. Um, it looks like we're now getting Russell Wilson again. Then this isn't one of them. <laughs> looks like we're getting Russell Wilson against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. So that went from five and a half to three and a half. Mm-hmm. No real take there, but some spots that I am eyeballing. Well, the Patriots, the Patriots were at a pick them earlier on, on Tuesday morning, minus 110 each way. Patriots Browns is an interesting one. Um, no Nick Chubb now. Hmm. No Nick Chubb because of COVID. I didn't, I've been traveling. I didn't even know that. Nick Chubb's out? Yeah, it just happened like maybe like 10 minutes ago, like 10 minutes before we started talking. Nick Chubb and um, uh, other um, players are um, tested positive, but Chubb's oh. the biggest one. So, so now they, do, so they don't have Kareem Hunt and they don't have um, Chubb. So now it's just down to Dearness Johnson again. Oh, all right. So that's why this moved from a pick. All right. I'm probably going to bet the Patriots like right yeah. now-ish. Um, <laughs> so, all right. I'm glad I brought that game up. I like the Patriots a lot more now. Um, but some spots I have my eyes on. Like, I get that the Saints are off a bad loss and they have a good defense, but Tennessee might just be might just be that good. Like, they, they've won four games in a row as underdogs. Yep. Now they're a three-point favorite. But again, like you said, against Trevor Simeon, the Saints right. defense can be good, but how much are they going to do with Trevor Simeon? Right. Um, or and maybe Taysom Hill. That's the other thing. Fine, then I like him even more. Um, <laughs> so Tennessee I like at home. New England I like at home. Um, Denver's a three-point home favorite. Sharp money hits the Eagles every week, and the Eagles aren't good. Uh now, the reason I might stay away from this one is I don't want to overreact. There's probably bad value on Denver after getting a massive upset over the Cowboys. 100%. I have zero interest in going for the Broncos this week. Zero. <sighs> but the Eagles. I'll chalk that up to a bad week for the for Dallas. The Eagles are they not were... good. Um, and then the primetime games. The primetime games. I will say, like, after Monday night, like, that ref show that we saw, 
I'm less and less interested in primetime games. Yep. Um, but the Chiefs aren't good, and the Raiders just won't go away no matter how many bad things happen to them. Amazing. So Vegas as a home dog, and, and they also always seem to play well in, in the Sunday night game against the Chiefs. It happens every year. Little interest there. And then the Niners just might be bad, and the Rams are going to be out for blood on Monday night. Three and a half on the road with the Rams. Don't hate it. Minus 190 on the money line is a joke, in my opinion. Well, I don't know if I can go money line there, but as part of a as part of a parlay, maybe. Minus 190 against the 49ers. Why? Why? <laughs> that is an overreaction of last week if I've ever seen one. Okay. They, the Rams are not that close to the 49ers. Like, give me a break. Really? No. I would I would tend to agree with you. Um all right. Well, so those are some early leans. Like we're going to have something. I'll give the, I'll give the Patriots money line out as a bet right now in like the 120 range. Yep. I think the Patriots are rolling some Cleveland's having some issues. Um, don't be surprised if uh, OBJ is playing against his old team in this game. Oh uh, man. I hope so. I hope potentially so giving so out bad. some, some info. And if he does maybe an anytime touchdown scorer there, because it would just be the perfect spot. The only thing that I worry about is how up to speed he will be. Because right. if, if he realistically gets signed today, as we record Tuesday, I guess the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, that's one of those things where he, you know, he'll be on the field, but it'll be very limited. Right. Um, all right. Well, there's some NFL leans. There's some recaps for you. We will be back on Thursday, Steve and I together with Mitch Moss from Vison. Um, oh, great guest of uh, follow the money out there in Vegas. He joined us over the summer. Um, we had a great pod with him. So we'll be checking in with Mitch mid NFL season here on, on the Thursday episode of unreasonable odds. Um, but right now it is a beautiful time of the year because college basketball is here. So let's talk to Nick Greeley from spread investor, get some college hoops. Alrighty, guys, welcome back into the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I'm Julian Edlow. You can find me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. You can find us on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Um, college basketball season is upon us. Uh, it snuck up. It snuck up on me a little bit, honestly. Um, a lot going on, a lot of football, sports betting national championship. Um, but we are here. And Tuesday, uh, along with about 100 and something games in college basketball, brings us my, one of my favorite events of the year. Um, the champions classic, which is always some combination of, of those four big time teams this year, we get, um, we get Kansas and Michigan state and Kentucky and Duke going head to head at MSG with fans. Um, so it'll be really fun for the occasion. We bring on a guest, a guest that if you guys follow college basketball, if you guys follow this podcast, um, that you probably know you get oral Roberts over. Ohio State correct, and you get an invitation back to the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Um, Nick Greeley from Spread Investor. You can find him on Twitter at Turnstone Capper is here. Nick, how we doing, man? Doing great, man. Just <clears throat> anxious and excited to get the season underway tonight. Yeah. So let's start with Tuesday night. Um, and before we get to the full board a little bit, let's obviously go to the two heavy hitter highlight games that we get here at MSG. Um, the first game. Kansas, as we record on Tuesday afternoon, now down to minus four, um, number three overall ranking against unranked Michigan State. 
Um, no Jalen Wilson uh, withdrew from the NBA draft, came back to Kansas. No Jalen Wilson for some off-the-court issues. He's dealing with the suspension. Um, maybe some of the reason for the number coming down here on Kansas. I believe this opened five and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so you've got this Kansas team, though. You know, they bring back a couple of their good wings. They bring back McCormick in the middle. Um, a little bit of depth there. They add in transfers, Remy Martin, a, a four-year Arizona State point guard, three-year starter, average like 19, four, and three for, for two consecutive years out in the Pac-12. And then, um, you know, a nice little decent transfer from Drake, their, their bench piece, their, their sixth man um, coming onto this Kansas team. I know laying four against the Michigan State team is not uh, – ideal but it's no longer laying five and a half at the same time um this is a play on kansas for me i mean michigan state brings in they needed to replace something on front that Cassius winston kind of brought them and they feel like they did some of that and adding that point guard from from northeastern but this is a pretty big step up for him in a first game and you know you got like a joey hauser who's, who's a piece i like for michigan state a lot a big that can spread the floor knock down some threes Michigan State has the better recruiting class, but these are kids playing in their first game on a, on a very big stage. So I'm going to take the experience, um, a team that I think even without Wilson has more talent right now in, in Kansas and and lay the four. Um, Nick, let me hear your breakdown on this game. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you. Uh, Kansas is going to be really good this year. I think a uh, interesting dynamic, like you said, is they do bring in Remy Martin, who averaged uh, 20 points per game from Arizona State giving them a real threat on offense, even without Jalen Wilson out tonight. They bring back Baji, McCormick, uh, Brown. They get transferred from Yesifu, from Drake, Coleman Lance from Iowa State. I mean, they, they really reloaded, and and they're going to be really good this year. Um, one thing I did hear from Bill Self was that they were, he was talking about starting Daquan Harris. Averaged two points a game last year off the bench. He said that's their starting point guard to start the year. So it's going to be interesting to see if they, they start Remy at the two-guard tonight or they bring him off the bench. Um, and how they utilize tonight. But, yeah, like you said, I'm definitely looking the bad Kansas tonight, minus four against Michigan State. Michigan State, good team. I like Tyson Walker from Northeastern. Giant step yeah. up. Uh, like you said, a good freshman. And Christie, he should be really good this year. But big stage like this, MSG, I think the lights are going to be a little bit too bright. Give me, give me the experience of Kansas and, uh, yeah, minus four. This is, gen- this is generally one of those events where I look to – kind of fade the freshmen if they're playing a experienced talented team um and in general i've done pretty well with it you will remember the, the one year it did not go well that would be taking i believe it was kansas against duke with the zion barrett class and they came out and stomped you, them you out but i just yeah that was i i just ate the l right there but <laughs> That was a that's a different class. I don't think there's any any kids like Barrett and Zion coming in um, quite this year, which brings us to the nightcap. Um, and this one, as good as Kentucky and Michigan State is going to be, and I'm re- or sorry, Kansas and Michigan State is going to be, and I'm really excited to see what Kansas is because they're a, a national title threat. Um, this Kentucky Duke matchup intrigues me the most. Um, you know, the worlds have almost completely flipped. We're now talking about this young Duke team who's favored now by three. This one blew up to three on DraftKings Sportsbook. Young Duke team, um, talented bigs, a less, not as much of a backcourt. 
against a Kentucky team that is more like a, a Memphis um, John Calipari team than a Kentucky John Calipari team. And what I mean by that is we're always watching this event to see, all right, what new four or five freshmen on Kentucky are going to be NBA draft prospects this year. And that's not the case. They have Washington, who's one of three really good guards that they have, who um, is going to be firmly in the mix for Kentucky. Um, and I'm excited to see what he looks like. But this Kentucky team is the more experienced team, the team that has bodies that we, we're just not accustomed to, uh, to seeing. Um, we've got, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. I just wrote an article on him, the Georgia point guard. Uh, Severe Wheeler. Severe Wheeler, who, you know, I think he led the SEC in assists last year, 14 points, seven and a half or so assists per game, smaller point guard, but decent rebounder. And then, um, you know, Kellen Grady, I'm a, I'm a Rhode Island Ram. So I follow the A-10 pretty closely and we will touch on a future. I have in the A-10 a little bit later. Um, but Kellen Grady, four-year starter at Davidson. He had like the same stats every year. He's timeless and comes in uh, to, to make this three-headed monster in the backcourt with a lot of experience um, and sharp shooting for, for Kentucky. Um, in the front court, they get the West Virginia transfer who, who rebounds the ball really well. Um, if there's anything Duke has in this game, it's, it's size because they bring in one of the top top um freshman in the nation paolo banchero they have mark williams a guy i know you're very high on who's one of the best shot blockers in the nation and you know duke can win the paint i'm gonna go with the experienced guards in this game i'm on kentucky some money lines some plus three um you got the coach k narrative which i hope you know doesn't play too much of a narrative in, in giving duke more in this game but um I, i'm not that high on duke in the early going and i think this kentucky team is going to be pretty good yeah, I agree with a lot, a lot that you said there. Uh, it's a really interesting dynamic for Kentucky this year. It's, it's not all freshmen like they normally are, and uh, they're deep. Like, their depth is unreal. And their main issue last year was shooting, and they added a shooter in Kellen Grady, like you hit on, a very solid player from the A-10. And could likely be the newcomer in the SEC this year. Uh, the one worry I do have is C.J. Frederick is out shot right around 50 percent from three last year he, he won't he won't be giving it a go tonight i listened to a podcast of cal perry uh he won't be in tonight my one worry is, is size like you had mentioned mark williams down low and if theo john a senior off the bench transfer from marquette those two guys are gonna get kentucky real real threats in the paint so you know if kentucky is hitting a three tonight i definitely lean kentucky but if they're looking to drive to the hoop a lot they're gonna they're gonna struggle a lot scoring over guys like mark williams theo john and then just be on the lookout for Bonchair. It's gonna be a, he's a freshman, but he's an elite freshman, likely freshman of the year, in my opinion, maybe over a few other guys, but he's gonna be really solid. It should be a great game tonight. I'm with you on it. I lean Kentucky. Just think they have they have the more veteran guys, maybe a little bit more continuity than Duke does. Uh, I'm not really throwing in the Coach K narrative too, too much this year. It's gonna get pounded into the ground by the press, I'd have to imagine. But yeah, I'd I, I lean Kentucky in this one tonight as well. The way Duke gets – like, I know how I lose this bet if I lose it. It's Duke cleans up the glass, blocks some yeah. shots, and Kentucky, who can shoot, doesn't doesn't knock down their shots tonight. Like, yeah, I think the script of this one's pretty easy, just like you said. That's – like, I, I know the script of how I lose my bet. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to bet that Kentucky can do well enough to battle in the paint. They're going to lose the paint battle, but keep it close enough 
and the guard i'm just expecting the guard play to be so much better on Absolutely. on the kentucky time Absolutely. on the kentucky side of things um and having like like mints is now like he was playing out of position point guard and like a huge role for them last year he's now their fourth guard but right. an experience that's a luxury and like you said frederick not playing in this one i wish he was but for in terms of capping for the future um he's a guy that's com- gonna come in and and bang threes so yeah that's the main that's the main difference in this one older deep i mean they can go one through ten and all their guys can bring energy i mean jacob topic can come in bring energy and be a really good player for them dude Toppin, yeah ditch, one through I, uh, and, and three of the six are freshmen so yeah right um so again i'm this is my my always my formula in in this event going against the youth um and yes i i don't know i forgot about top and top and can come in there and play um a former rhode island ram and then his brother went big time and he ditched the a10 to go to the sec um don't like him for that but let's uh let me put it to you this way here's this isn't even a gambling question this is a college basketball fan question there's these two games and then you scroll through the board and everything else seems like a big time team getting their warm up game, getting their layup as a heavy favorite. What's the best game that's not in the Champions Classic, in your opinion, just on on this whole slate? I'll be honest with you, there's two mid major games I think for like any college basketball junkie, you really got to be looking at tonight and watching. That's Belmont at Ohio, and then you see Irvine at New Mexico State. Both really intriguing games, really good teams, teams that are one or two in their conference, respectively each. It's gonna be they're gonna be two really exciting games. For any college basketball junkie you want to watch some other action, definitely check out those two games. All right, there you go. Um, if I go away, if you know, if I get outside of um outside of the champions classic, one thing a late night play that I'm I'm looking at, haven't played it yet. I'll put it on Twitter if I do, would be Zags and Dixie State over 166. Um, I know it's a different Gonzaga team, and I'm not convinced it's a better Gonzaga team that they should be as heavy of favorites as they are this year because of last year um i think they lost a lot in the backcourt and um you know we'll see what they are with they obviously they have a really intriguing combo of bigs but this game went well over with dixie state last year dixie state's a team that likes to push the pace we know how gonzaga plays um and this isn't like the spread in this game is 40 so this isn't a game that like dixie state's gonna pull uh um who is it that gonzaga always plays the dons San Francisco, they try and take the air out of the ball and and beat the Zags in a rock fight. Dixie State's is going to go out here and run, and whether they lose by 35 and cover or 45 and don't cover, like they're going to play their game, I feel like. So I'm leaning over in, in Zags at 166 if I, if I play anything outside of the Champions Classic. What, uh, what else are you looking at on this, this Tuesday board? Right, so uh, I had two games I really like circled outside of uh, the games we've already all hit on. One is South Dakota State at home. I believe they're laying nine and a half, ten right now against Bradley. Uh, you look at Bradley's roster, they lost three out of their four top leading scores. Uh, they actually met last year early on in the regular season in an 88-84 game at Bradley at South Dakota State won. Those three players combined for 50 points out of the team's 84. So, I mean, wow. there's really a story in the narrative. They've, they're losing a lot of production. Brand new point guard at, at home. And South Dakota State is one of the best mid-majors, in my opinion, this year. They, they should win the summit. They should go dancing this year. I think they would have last year if it wasn't for Oral Roberts. They returned 99.3% of their minutes back from last year. One through South Dakota State that does? 
Yes, South Dakota State does. They have, ev- they have literally every rotation. Piece Everybody rotation is back. Five stars, all average double digits. They're at home tonight. I, I think they get off on the right foot tonight. I think they cover first half minus six, full game minus 11. I think this game is closer to like 15, 20 point game for them. Also, another, another thing to look at when betting big, bigger spreads like this is pace, like you had mentioned with Gonzaga and Dixie State. South Dakota State ranked second last year in three-point field goal percentage at 40.9%, I believe that number was, and they get up and down. They, they score right around 80 points per game, so this one has blowout potential written all over it. All right, there you go. There's one of them. Where else are we looking? The other game's an ugly game, and, and it's <laughs> – it is really ugly. Anything, I mean, you look at the numbers on the board. Every everything's going to be relatively ugly. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's <laughs> tonight's a lot of a lot of twenty plus point spreads. This one's just ugly from the sense of these teams suck, but who sucks less and who can win? <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. But Tennessee State goes on the road at Alabama A and M. How bad are these teams? A and M lost like their last seven games in a row in the year last year. Tennessee State was 4-19. However, though, Tennessee State, they brought in a lot of guys. They brought in Brown from Georgia, a top 100 recruit in high school that's from Purdue. They brought in Hersey Miller, a freshman that played AAU with Shed Holmgren. He's a very electric player. And then they bring in two guys off the bench from Illinois, St. Sanford, who both average eight a game, who are going to be key role players off the bench in this game. Um, they, they, they came out plus one. I think the line now is like minus two. I think it moves some. But I, I think they win this game by five to ten. If, if, if they can shoot tonight and, and they're like around 40 percent from three, they might win this game closer to double digits. I think this line's off early and, and you'll see markets are off early. I think this is one game where the market is off on. All right. So what do we do? You see where this one's at now? Um, I think it's flown around maybe minus two now. All right. There we go. All right, so there's a side in in a little bit of a, an ugly one. I don't even – give out the matchup again. Sorry. I'm, I'm listening. But it's, it's not ugly. They're both, like, bottom 50 teams in the nation. Alabama State, right? No, uh, it's uh, Tennessee State on the road at Alabama A&M. Tennessee State on the road at Alabama A&M. We're going to have right. to dig deep for this game under the extra board because that's yeah, where it's sure. Yeah. All right. Um, shows how well I was listening. I got the states right. I just <laughs> – a little bit, a little bit. Jumbled up there. Um, all right. A couple more things we want to touch on before we get out of here. Um, we'll talk future board really quick, but there is obviously the Friday night game. Tips off at 11.30 p.m. East Coast time. Making me stay up late. My kid's going to be jumping on my head at 6.30 in the morning. I'm still going to stay up for the game. Villanova goes out to UCLA um, for – the game of the week. I mean, we got the champions classic, but these, this is the game of the week four at two UCLA brings all its starters back from the final four team. That was not a fluke run. I think that's just kind of who that team became later in the season. And that's some of the momentum they'll bring into this season. Um, and then you've got Villanova who maybe was set up to, to dip a little bit this year, but you know, now Gillespie Samuels, like they've got their guys back. Um, opening line or looking at DK Sportsbook, it spreads three. Villanova's a, a three-point road dog here. Um, don't need a play or anything. I haven't played anything, but what just let me into your mind on this, how you think this matchup plays out. I actually, I'll tell you what, I actually love this play. And, okay. And 
as soon as the line came out yesterday, I was like, wow, this is a really good line. I like UCLA minus two and a half. Okay. Like you said, that was not a fluke run in the year last year. Johnny Juzang is one of the best players in the nation, a guy who should average 20 plus a game. Plus, you talk about, yeah, Villanova does bring back Gillespie and a few other key pieces, and they'll be really good. But Gillespie is coming off surgery, off a season-ending injury. How, how, how good will he be right away? That's my main concern with him because they need him to go. Versus you look at UCLA. I mean, they're stacked. They, they bring back everyone at a good freshman in Payne Watson, and uh, they bring in a transfer from Rutgers, Miles Johnson, who averaged nine a game last year. At home in UCLA, it's going to be packed 1130. Like you said, it's a late game on the East Coast, so we'll be up. But I love this play. UCLA minus two and a half, minus three. I think this line should really be closer to like four, four and a half. So I think it's a great line. I think the earlier you lock it in, the better. That was my initial initial lean as well. Um, so, you know, by the time Friday night rolls around, I'm staying up for it. I'm going to be betting it. So. I'll probably be on that UCLA side with you. All right. So transitioning from, uh, you know, that Villanova UCLA game, I, I think UCLA UCLA is going to win that game against Villanova, but that's not a conference game um, in, in the Big East. And Gillespie, like you said, give him some time to get healthy for Big East play, probably looking a little bit better. Villanova to win the Big East conference. And this is no longer drafting sportsbook used to offer to win the Big East uh, conference tournaments. This is now a regular season win, which I love because it gives you the, you know, more more time to be right on your handicap, to win conference games, not get knocked off in, in one conference tournament game. Villanova, you're laying juice. It's essentially a pick them versus the field, minus 105. I like them to win the Big East because they bring back Gillespie. They bring back um, Samuels. They bring back, you know, a good piece of this core. And I think the competition just falls off. You've got UConn as the next favorite at plus 380. They lose book night. They have a well-rounded roster, but they need to find their top end scoring. You've got Xavier who, you know, has, has their top end scoring and a guy like Scruggs, but doesn't have all that much else. They're plus 650. And then you're all the way down to, to St. John's long shots, plus 1500, Butler plus 1800, not real competition. So Villanova won the regular season title last year, got bounced in the conference tournament. I think bringing their studs back, they're going to win this, this, this conference again and have the one seed in the big East. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Villanova and then a large gap to who's second or third. I think I think who's going to end two through four is like a real toss-up in this conference. But, yeah, Villanova, Jay Wright, they win. Like you said, it's not like the conference tournament where it just takes one little Cinderella run. You're getting much more games, much more of a bulk. The better team always prevails in that situation, and that should be Villanova this year. Uh, the only long shot I have in the Big East, they likely don't win it, but it's an interesting team, St. John's. I like what they have, but but like you said, the gap from one to two in the Big East is is, is pretty severe, and uh, I'm right there with you. A minus one to five, that's a great price on Villanova. Good price on DK Sportsbook. I'll give you another one that's essentially a pick 'em against their their field in the conference, um, and then we can go to to a couple of your future leans or teams you like early. Um, we're going to the A10, and we're going to St. Bonaventure minus one fifteen to win the A10 regular season. This team won the A-10 regular season last year. It won the A-10 conference tournament last year. All five of its starters averaged in double figures. It's returning all five of those starters. Three of them have started for the Bonnies for four years. Um, you've, I mean, they, they have everything. Lofton at point guard. They got the big man averaging a double-double, blocking three or four shots a game. They have three wings to play around them. They have one of the best shooters in the conference. 
And then they added transfers. They added a, a, a starter from Pitt to come off their bench. They added a guard from Wake Forest. They added two Juco players that can both play. One of them, arguably one of the best shooters in the nation. Richmond's a, a pretty good team um, that is bringing some, some experience back. VCU's always decent, although they lost Bones Island to the NBA. Um, I just don't see where the other team in the A-10 is. They could lose in the conference tournament again, but regular season, getting that bulk, like you said, I like that word, bulk. They're not they're they're gonna get knocked off a couple times, but they're not gonna get knocked off much. Um, the Bonnies to win the A10 is my favorite future in in college basketball. Um, it's going to take like multiple significant injuries or multiple COVID outbreaks within the team to keep them from, from winning this conference, in my opinion. I know the Bonnies were a team that you liked, like, liked a lot last year, and now they have everything back plus more. Yeah, I talk, we talked about the gap in the Big East from Nova to the second seed. That gap's even larger in the A-10. Like you said, Richmond, good team, bring back a lot of the guys. But Bonnies bring back everybody out of the transfer from Pitt. They all average double digits. They should run away with this one. I mean, I think I think the Bonnies is an elite eight, maybe even a final four team. I, I think they're great. No one in the A10 should touch them. You could have made a case for St. Louis, and then their best player Perkins went down. So, right. and I had them like third in the conference. I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone should come close. Some should come close to touching the Bonnies since you're in the A10. Right. Like Richmond's the only team, and like, and maybe Richmond gets gets motivated and gets up for a game against the Bonnies and beats them. I still don't think there's gonna, enough is going to happen in the regular season to, to still keep St. Bonaventure from having the better record in the conference. The, the possibilities of Richmond going on the road and slipping up is is much greater. It's, it's more great than than the Bonnies. Like the Bonnies should have no slip ups unless they're playing at Richmond. Like they they should win out at home. They should control their destiny for sure. Yeah. So that um, St. Bonaventure regular season A10 is my my favorite future on the board in in college basketball. Um, you want to run through anything that you're looking at in, in the futures market, it can be to win it all final four um, conference, whatever you want. Yeah. I don't dive into futures too, too much. Um, a lot can happen at, as we go on, but three futures, I did place one, unit on all of them. I, I snagged Gonzaga, Kansas, and Kentucky, just, just like their ceilings. Um, they, in my opinion, they should all be like elite eight teams, Gonzaga more so like a final four team. And uh, you snag these early lines, 17 to 1, 16 to 1, 9 to 1. That's when I grabbed them about a month ago. You're going to have really good hedge options come Elite A Final Four if they make it. So you can guarantee yourself pretty much good profit because they're probably going to be favorites from the Elite, from the round of 32, Sweet 16, Elite 8 on. So always a good hedge out option. Do I think any of those teams win? I, I believe Gonzaga is the true threat out of those three to really win it. Mm-hmm. And it, on DraftKings Sportsbook, if you want to go this route and, uh, you know, save yourself the headache of seeing what the hedging is, you can bet the final four ma- market. Zags are plus 190. Kansas and Kentucky are both plus 450 um, to go to the final four. And just for fun, I'm going to scroll down and see where St. Bonaventure is. St. Bonaventure, plus 1,200 to go to the final four. Giant number. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. As long as they stay healthy, man, the, they have they have a very big ceiling this year. I am with you there. They're going to steamroll through the A-10. Um, all right, we're with Nick Greeley at Turnstones Capper on Twitter from Spread Investor. Before we get out of here, I guess, 
I see you're doing these articles um, right now on, you know, teams to back, teams to fade early in the season. You want to just give a couple of your favorite teams that you, you know, without giving any games specifically that you want to be on or be against in the early going? Absolutely. So uh, a few bet on teams for me personally. Like we had talked about it, St. Bonaventure, love them. Uh, Eastern Kentucky, they should be a real bet on team. Last year, I bet on them a lot. I, I was 4-0 for eight units on them. I had a great read on them. But market just never really caught up with them. And I was looking at some some of their like, predicted lines this year. It doesn't seem like to me the market really picked up either. Um, I think South Dakota State, like I hit on, bringing all five guys back, they're a bet on team. And, and Richmond as well. Just a lot of veteran guys, continuity. That's, that's the teams you're looking for to bet on early going. All right, there we go. Um, college basketball is here. Could not be could not be more excited about it. Um, for Julian Edlow, you can follow me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. Uh, Nick Greeley, follow him on Twitter at Turnstone Capper. Thank you for joining us, man. Absolutely. Pl- pleasure having me. All right, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Um, that is a podcast, and we will be back on Thursday talking mostly NFL um, with my co-host Steve Buchanan. We'll have Mitch Moss on from Visa. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.